Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Beaks. And this is Lady Sativa. And this week's featured guest is Second Generation Genetics, along with Greenwork 420. This is the follow-up interview that we have talked about a little bit in the past, but this is the current one that we have compared to the other ones that were already out. That was way back in 2017, I believe. So mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so this is the current stuff, and what was really good about this interview is we got to sit down and talk about all things seeds. Um, all about breeding. And there was so much I didn't know, like F1s, F2s, F3s. We talked about it. You kind of understand a little bit better Mm -hmm. now, don't you? I do. And back crosses. Yeah. For the longest time, I was sitting there reading posts and stuff, and everybody's like, BX1. And I was like, okay, I I think I know what that means. (laughs) It's feeling stupid. I actually think I knew before. Before you told me just because I was having to do it at work when I was making tags. Mm. And so I learned what back cross was because of I've got a couple on the shelf like back cross with chocolate glue or, you know, certain things like that. Like Pistol Point has one that's super glue that everybody would think is the original glue cross. But no, it's uh, actually chocolate glue back cross three times. And so you guys are listing the BX on the I label. Do. I do. Yes. I try to always um, include everything. So, um, God, aren't you guys freaking thorough? I've always loved your tags. Oh, why, thank you. Well, customers do too, don't they? Not all of them pay attention, but the ones that do, yeah, they like them. <laughs> and I still have to explain them to a lot of people. I don't know how it's hard to understand med, rec, and then THC and CBD. That's like the four options that are on there. So medical, recreational, THC, CBD, you know, the content, it shows everything. And then it even says sativa hybrid indica. I I try to include it all. I like your passion for tags. So in the big world of THC, the dispensary world, it sounds like you guys got something coming up on Saturday. Yes, sir. We've got our uh, five-year anniversary. Well, birthday, I should say. And you've been there, what, three of them? I've been there two and a half years. So I've been there half of it. And so you guys are celebrating being five. Mm-hmm. That's that's thirty five in dog years, right? It's so that's uh, pretty long a lot time. of years. It's a lot of dedication <laughs> to to customers and patients. So come out there and see us. Check us out and enjoy that time. Because um, then we got seven ten coming up after that. Yep, next month. So busy time of season. In fact, you might hear a couple episodes with Lady Sativa not on there. Or or we're doing a little bit different format where occasionally we're going to have just the show start right from That's what we're trying to the do. interview. Yeah, just because we might not have time. Just for the love. But you had to sit on the microphone yelling at the microphone for about an hour before we actually did something. That's my test. Yep. 
No one wants to hear that Lady profanity. Lady <laughs> I don't know why you were singing my name. <laughs> but Friends was in a, really entertaining with you singing on the side. <laughs> so, coming out of dispensaries, what? You hooked us up with some Miss USA from Dirty Arm. That was hot. I like it. I or like it. I like it. call it Miss Usa. Miss Usa is good. Is good. Yeah, she's probably going to get, either she's going to get really happy or she can get mad. One of the but two. the Miss USA, you've seen her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's blonde like that color. We did have a question asked by a customer that if this was actually Miss USA's tears, <laughs> like hater tears herself, <laughs> or if it was nice. her runner-ups. Like I, I was just like, that is a good question. That's a good question. And then there's like other ones, you know, like Casper OG. Did Casper cry these hater tears? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Okay, guys. This well, is, this I is figure, funny as shit, but I come figure on. <laughs> if it's strain specific, it better be, you know, name specific. So, yeah, yeah for well, sure. Well, we got lemonade right now that's lemon OG. It's, oh shit. Lemon OG and something else. And lemonade, lemon OG, and lemon tree. It's a sativa. What what if they're all the same? I need just different names. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have lemon chem, lemon tree, lemon um, diesel. We've got lemonade. We have saying, so see? many lemons right now of hater tears. It is not even funny. Well, Golden, everybody loves that stuff. Oh, so. strawberry! Oh, strawberry cough. That's what it is. It's lemon. Oh, it's lemon OG and strawberry cough. So is what the lemonade is. Yeah, and everything's going quick. Everybody knows that. Get out and get some. We just dropped it today, and I'm pretty sure that we sold six as soon as we got them in the system. So yeah. now, Bo's if you nose, want them, come get them. Yeah, Bo's nose is fire, rosin. We are still. I'm. I'm getting ready to buy one of those delicious looking purple GSC. I had not got to buy it yet, but trust me, I've been drooling over it ever since it walked in the store. Well, I mean, since Bo walked in the store, since he delivers them himself. But well, honestly, ever since GSC stuff started coming out. Uh, except for the original, I haven't really been interested till I had heard that the purple juice. Oh, wait till you mm. smell it! Smell it! Smell it! It's like God's vagina. So good job, Bose, Bose, Bose nose. Uh, yeah, glad that he's putting out fire too. So. Yeah, yeah, I do too because he's small time. Mm. Well, I, hey, I wouldn't say that. I no, would he say started from small time. Is, I should he's say he's a hidden gem. That's the better. Ooh, that's a good one. hidden gem. Okay. I, I that was for retract me, Bo. my you statement. You heard it from me, Bo. I, tr- I retract my statement. What he said. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Let's catch up with our girl and get into this interview. Um, oh, those fun girls out in the backyard. We looking got some good though, aren't pretty they? Pretty things going back there. Yeah, um, we're down. We started approximately. I think the final count was forty-three. We started like very end of February, I think it was actually the first week of March we started popping beans and we put out like two waves after that. So like three different waves. So we got some seedlings still actually, <clears throat> and we got some teenagers and we got, well, I should say preteen. And then we got some teenagers and we've cold out what? Six. No, well, no, no, no. Let's see. Well, we've got, we're down to 23 and six of them are males. actually eight total now. Because yeah. I caught a couple more, but eight total now are males out of the whole forty-three total. Uh, but we've um, definitely culled out to the best. Wow, that's thirty-five that are that were all in the ladies. 
Yes, but that's not bad. No, that's 35 really ladies good. and 8 35 males. 35 ladies out of 43 is pretty damn good. Now, when when you when you're here and you don't use males to breed or anything or or chuck pollen, man, it seems like a lot of plants, but really that's not too bad for males. I find it hilarious when people when people complain about I popped all these seeds and every one of them didn't like they all turned male. I'm like, "Wow. Well, we've had pretty damn good odds." Uh, over the years, it seems like we haven't varied that much. No, like, it just it's seems always like we, been that same percentage. Yeah, we just we get a few males out of the batch. What is we, that? Ten percent? Fifteen? Now, I I hate to even put this out there on in the universe, let alone um the internet, which is I don't know bigger than the universe. It's twenty percent. But oh. um right, but uh, <laughs> you know we haven't seen herms in years. We. I've not seen herms. I don't think that since I've learned how to sex a plant, I have ever seen a herm. Uh, like as, as soon as you grow... taught me, uh, as soon as you taught me what to look for, I have. I, you've never been able to show me a herm because no, I we haven't. have not. That's had the strange any. part. It's like, and I always hear people talking about it, and I just haven't run into it yet. Knock, knock, knock. I watch, and I'm going to run into it. But shit, there's no real wood. <laughs> I know, uh, but no herms. Anyway, so not bad percentages. We're going to keep calling until we get down to the nitty-gritty but right now i think we got just real quick we've got uh clown royal that's gonna stay we've got, we've got the, one clown we've got one blue cooks we've got one uh just a second the blue cooks from jaybird oh my god that oh that bitch oh, is beautiful so glad jay kicked down some seeds i think we had two seeds it's one of those things like you're gambling from the get-go i think that we only chose to pop two seeds didn't we didn't so, uh, we maybe. have a couple more I think we might have they some were backup. in buds remember but we ended up with two beautiful females, and they're just beasts, and they're growing the big leaves. And even mm. Jay said they look good. The and leaves are about the size of the plant, almost with as yeah, huge it's as coming these out with one of those canagar leaves where you can like roll a cigar oh, with them. We but do that. but really happy there. We got your banner, which was a single seed. And that yep. banner came out. It's a monster female, just just monster. I mean, these. Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to like. Uh, I don't know. It's not like it's on steroids. Right. It's killing the wedding cake that was a clone, which I imagine, but it's killing it. Like oh, it's yeah. out of control growing. Well, not killing it like dead, killing no, no, it no. like size. Bro, it's crushing. like beasting it. it. <laughs> and uh, what's funny is that, you, you know, it's usually the males that look really good. And yeah. You, you notice that. Think. You're like, that's a really good looking plant. It's Wasn't that male. banner the first one that showed? That was the very first of everything. Yeah. First one well, besides pop. the clone that we have that we already knew was a female, but it's the first one that popped. It's been the tallest. It's still going, and, it and by the way, stop. that was a seed from a year and a half ago from Catherine. Yeah. So that, and then we still have the, the JD short stuff's doing good. Like I said, we have the Crown Royal, and we also have the Farmer's Fire. We have a single mm-hmm. one of that that's just awesome. Plumberry, did any of those ones stick, or did all of them turn male? I think we're waiting for one more. Oh yeah, sure. we're waiting for her. Okay, that's and right. then let's see uh, the. Uh, we have one Rosaberry, which is the high CBD. It's the, t- I think it was a three to one on the Rosaberry. And then, um, we have three of the deep sea creature from Greenwork, which is an auto. So those will be first to go at any given time. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, then the rest are from Greenwork. Um, let's see, Plumberry, Clown, Rosa, Farmer's Fire. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, Greenwork. So then we have the... In utero, the the platinum Kush and the um, oh, I remember what I missed the OTC ah. the, or OCT the organ cutthroat. Oh, how could you forget that? I know that thing is you know, JD that plant is gorgeous. Uh, it's for me, it's been one of a kind because it's 
I haven't grown genetics yet that has that kind of a color of green on the leaves and also like all the purple stems. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't the genetics, yeah, this will be, be like, the first one that I've ever seen us having. I mean, it's just the, so the stems, the and the the veins in between, and everything is all like a dark purple. Yeah, yeah. So it's really so that different. means the nugs are going to be really, really pretty oh, purple. I hope. And then, I think we have three of those to select from right now that are female. She's so. going to be my beauty queen that I get to take pictures of. Yeah, we need a macro lens by then. But we still have the full lineup from Green Work that he had gave us. Like I said, the in utero, the um. Sour V and the Platinum Kush. And those are looking good too. Those actually resemble a little bit. You can see the lineage coming through with green work working with JD because they have a couple of his have the same purple stems going and mm-hmm. and same almost leaf structure. What's in the corner? Golden lemons? And then we have a golden lemons. It's a monster. Um and then She's actually going to be our um our dinner party bush because we put her in the corner right there by our table so she's like part of the family right oh there. it's just gonna and be on straight, the other side it's is gonna bannock. be actually a plant that's right there with us when we're eating or barbecuing or any of that stuff the it's same with the like, banner she's yeah. on the other side which we're gonna get the yard looking nice and then put those bad ladies out there and i want to see i want to see if people don't even notice just be like i love that big palm you have over there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, you kidding me. I walked when we walked around Willabilly this last weekend. Shout out to them by the mm-hmm. way. When we walked around Willabilly, I spot the cannabis plants in every single little area that there was. Do you remember he just had one just in the bushes in the weeds with some other weeds? I'm like, hey look, there's one. So I took a picture of it. We'll check it out on my camera because there are there's lots of pictures of just random cannabis bushes that are just Oh look, here's another one. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that was a great trip too. We'll talk more about that yeah, later. But we'll, definitely, we'll, we'll hit back at that. Definitely but. a shout out to Willow Billy Farms. Um, and, oh, one more thing before we go into it. Just so you know, this is an old school thing. We haven't been doing this. I think we should try. I think everybody should give this a try uh, if you haven't done it. If you're old school, you've probably already done it and you already heard about it. But just for the newbies is uh, scarification of the seeds. You know how we run into where we'll get some seeds that we just seem to be really hard to pop? Yes. Well, apparently if you scar seeds, all of them in general, just to give them all a boost, but it helps to have them pop. So scar Literally. them like you hurt them? Like you not hurt them, but what you do, like the easiest way is to take like, you know, a little paint can, like yeah. a little pint or quart paint can that you would use to do some trim on your walls or something. Yeah, and just squish it a little? Uh, you have one of those and you take some sandpaper, like a strip, and then roll it up and just put it in there right and so the walls of the can is like where the the sandpaper is yeah and then you just uh shake it up oh and it scars the outside of the house oh i see so it basically softens up the shell of the seed pretty much yeah okay. well it opens it up again yeah so anyway yeah i'm gonna shout you know try that if you're still popping seeds but we'll try next year i think i think i just want to do it just because like we should try one of those j1s and just like just do it yeah i don't know I'll find anyway, you. I got a nail file. We, we we'll call that old tech coming back new tech. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So getting back to the interview with Greenwork and Second Gen, I just want to let them know that I appreciate them. Uh, they've worked with us a lot. Oh hell yeah! They've provided genetics. They have been very uh, charitable and kind and a great pleasure cool to interview. People. I got to only meet them once. I know you've got to actually talk to him a lot more, but that was my first time meeting him. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah, and they make a great team. And, you know, they just, they're so smart. Uh, you know, if you have any questions, I'm sure that if you contacted him, that they would, uh, ans- you know, help you out in any way. I know Greenwork, he does some really good, um, he does uh, seed projects and, and does work with um, Seed the People, I think is what it's called. He, he talks about it a little bit. Yeah, I but he does, I think I've seen Seed yeah, the People. Yeah, and so he does that where he provides some good genetics. They're untested is all. Mm-hmm. So you can be part of the testing thing on that. Uh, and <gasps> Oh, that's that Seed the People that you get a clone in you. It's not a clone. They're seeds. Seed the people. Is that? But what? Which one is it that you get a clone that you can get that you can try out? Get a clone. See how big you can get it as the next person, or is it a seed that you start? That's a completely different thing. That's a oh. contest. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about the contest. I thought it was the same thing. No. Okay. My mind was associating. I apologize. I'll have to edit that one out. Let's see. Back to. Um, I regress. Digress. Digress. See the people. Yeah. So he works with the program, see the people. And again, that's just untested genetics. Whereas the stuff that he puts out under green work is all tested and uh, gone through the rigors of, of uh, F ones, twos, threes, back crossing, et cetera, et cetera. And they've already been grown by people. So they've yeah, definitely been yeah. through testing. So, Anyway, still affordable, and they're great genetics. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love the Crush Rush. Um, I think I saw that the silver, what was that, Silver Heaven that we grew last year, mm-hmm. that there are pictures online that that one was only like 100 bucks for five or ten yeah. seeds. I don't remember yeah. exactly what the count was, but it's pretty good. Yeah, and then, and then you know, second gen, JD, he's providing genetics at that $100 price and, and that range in there that, for seeds that are worth way more than that. seeds are not cheap like people might think well the effort if if you're really doing it right if you're really doing it but if you're coming into a dispensary it is not going to be a $20 trip to a dispensary seeds are Mm -mm. not cheap Mm -mm. at all especially you get only five packs or 10 packs and then if you really want that quality of a seed like feminized we stopped putting them at a higher price but they are definitely they're they're not cheap well and you just if if the breeder's doing it right, there's so much time and, and effort, effort and that goes passion. into it. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it, it takes, in fact, you know, decades in the making is not unusual for to, to stabilize it really solid. So, yeah, you know, like the background. But if you're, just pollen, if you're just pollen chucking and people are growing 40 seeds to get one or two phenos, I guess that's one thing, mm-hmm. but that's not really a, a strain. Right. But they'll talk more in detail about this. So we'll get right into it. Uh, so thanks guys. We appreciate what you've done and we, we love having you on and enjoy the interview. Thank you. This is JD short and green work for 20. Thanks guys for coming on the show. Yeah. Howdy. Thanks for being here. Now we're at a, uh, quite the nice location outside. It's a nice day and we thought we'd, uh, do some recording in this beautiful park in Cottage <laughs> Grove. It's the big city yeah. of Cottage Grove. Gorgeous park. What's the name of the park? It's uh, a good, good question. The one we're in. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. Green Park. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the name either. I'm not from this area, but this park is gorgeous. I'm not sure what the name is. So, it's where they do Bohemian mining days. Okay. Okay. Which yeah. is awesome. 
and I rarely stop at Cottage Grove here. This is Cottage Grove right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I rarely stop here. Yeah, we're in the gut. We're in like the main part downtown. Downtown. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> now I had both you guys on the show before. Obviously, second generation genetics. We have not heard that episode, which it will it will come out before this. <laughs> but uh, but that'll give a double taster on that, and and people have already you know will have you top of mind when they do the second second one. Um, now with uh, green work over here. Now he needs to explain a couple things because some things have changed. We ran their seeds as full spec genetics. Uh, back in 2016-ish, 2017, somewhere in there, we ran the Silver Heaven and the Crush Rush. And uh, both were awesome, man. That Silver Heaven came out so beautiful. Direct genetic. DC? DC Seeds Exchange. Yeah, they put, that, or they put our picture on that for yeah, that, yeah, for they that did. one. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, Did I see those pictures? Where they, where they come up at? On your Instagram? Yeah, uh, yeah, they just copied. We had posted one on Silver Heaven when it was in like week four or five and uh and they they took it over and used it as their did picture I, for did i uh, like it i don't remember <laughs> a lot of people like that one that's for sure yeah that's how I, if i saw it i would have liked it i don't yeah, know if nice i saw that one and stuff. Nice. yeah it came out really nice just the fading to the purple and everything they came out with these you know really dense especially for outdoor they're really nice dense like uh fairly large you know all kind of golf ballish Cool. Um, Super silver haze, right? But, yeah. But bigger, uh, you know, than that. Really beautiful. Got it from, or did it from seed, of course. And man, that thing was really uh, healthy. Awesome. I mean, it was the only one that didn't have any issues with russet mites. Nice. Uh, yeah, and the crush rush didn't either. But we grew that one from seed, and uh, that crush rush came out with. I got to show you pictures, man. Yeah. I got to show you pictures. Love to see them. They're huge, huge That's colas. Sweet. Nice. I mean, and they were thick too, like like almost christmas tree style right yeah. but just but big at the base so that was really cool i was nice That's the, uh, and very resistant too but i'm wondering if it was just the seed thing because we had like half our plants were clones and okay. the other half were were your seeds basically and the seeds just absolutely rocked yeah absolutely you know? yeah. and how, they how grew old better were the clones? how old were the moms that the clones came you know from? i i never can say even if someone guarantees me sure. something i'm like ah, really? so yeah. and then the other thing with the seeds is that you know, once you sprout them, their immune system and everything begins to develop to that specific plot of ground, whereas gotcha. the clones have developed all over wherever they came from. So, yeah, your seeds are always going to do better outdoor yeah, than clones, yeah. typically. I wouldn't, I, you know, not trying to start, like, a clone bashing thing right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, I said typically. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I there's, wasn't. like, sometimes in nature, things get sick with something, and then they have, like, more of a weakness for it later. Yeah. You know? And I think that kind of stress memory might be something that we're dealing with with clones. Yep. How some, you know, people have these experiences where their their OG Kush always always gets spider mites or russets or something, and then they, they start thinking these things like russets and PM or systemic. Um, when actually maybe that plant. I think it might be important or, to note also that um, that I don't remember what I was going to say. It <laughs> is important to note. I, I just, from my experience, seeds have always done me better, and I don't mind the longer time because. I mean, I like growing. And so if I'm going to, mostly we do outdoor. Our indoor only stems from the fact that we start those seeds so early. Yes, you that's know? what I was going to say. Yeah, is that so that's all we got is just like a, I think it's a four by four. And we just run as many seeds as we can. And I, we get to pick from them, you know, do our own little, not so really I, a pheno hunt, but it's for, for the, as many as it is, it would be. I want to uh, say with seeds, you want to definitely have your timing down a little bit better. Sure, sure. We, we've, we've 
had our problems. I I have not. I do not have experience to speak in this department. Of the, of the outdoor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, well, I did, you know, a bunch of clone stuff in Europe and... But no, not much outdoor stuff in the States. No. Well, I mean, I guess it's not totally outdoor. We do have a greenhouse style. You guys have more experience with outdoor than I do. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so why don't you explain, though, because um, I kind of got sidetracked with right. your stuff. But, yeah, just explain where you're at and what you're doing and what happened. Well, um, you know, the main reason that I changed branding from full-spec genetics <clears throat> excuse me, is, is uh, I, didn't re- I didn't really understand a lot about branding when I uh, came up with that company name and I liked the logo a lot and I thought it was cool but I sort of boxed myself into this like really like sort of scientific kind of uh, angle that I I didn't really want to keep sticking with and trying to like promote you know Um, I understand a lot of the science that's happening with the plants but that's not that's not really like my purpose in all of this is like being the science guy and like knowing it all that stuff so it's I kind a tall of tall order, to, the full spectrum. Yeah, full spec genetics, just everything, you know. So I kind of wanted to move into uh, something a little more, just kind of laid back and, and a, identifiable with everybody. That is exactly a big part of the reason why I, I chose second generation genetics. Actually, I haven't. I don't know if you asked me this in our last interview to remember, but um, yeah. So and nobody has caught on to this yet or not. But the second generation genetics was supposed to be a clever play on the phrase F two. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's <laughs> funny. Nobody has said any, anything about FTs, that. So. Like, and a, a lot of my gear, you know, if I was to put filial classifications on the market, I would say 50% or more of my gear falls closer into the realm of an F2 than an F1. Okay. I think most of the gear out there does. Based on, like, performance would, within, like, a seed population yeah, the, in terms of The reoccurrence of stuff. phenotypic yeah. expressions and the progeny, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, see, you just lost me there. <laughs> well, we are in recording. I lost myself, too, so. And then I'll be like, oh, that was a very smart thing no, I just no. said. So, no, uh, F2. Okay, that, that makes sense now. Someone would probably confuse it for a lot of other things. Yes, um, and that was okay, too. So there was a double meaning there, the second generation being that, you know, the second actual second generation of breeders, which yeah. is what I assumed most people are just yeah. going to be like, you know, he's just the son of DJ Sure being a second generation. But when people came at me with like, oh, you're just a fucking pollen trucker, I'm going to be like, it's in my name. It's in my <laughs> second it's F2. Like, yes, I'm not hiding any of this. Yeah. We're all pollen truckers at this point, as far as I'm concerned. This is terrible. How do they come up with these names? DJ Short. <laughs> pollen Chuckers. You know, um, we have a lot of respect for you guys. Thanks. At least the people I hang out with do. You know, I have a lot of respect for anybody that's really, like, working hard with, with their passion. And, and, you know, if they're sharing it and supporting themselves with it, that's great, you know. Um, well, so you rebranded. I did, yeah. And so you became Greenworks 420. Yep, Greenworks. Which I like that logo, too. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I've got a whole thing with the uh, with the seed packs. How they've got like like green and black stripes, so it looks like caution tape, and like the whole thing kind of looks more like a uh, like a construction zone layout. Yeah, we're in the house. Oh, nice. So it's kind of yeah, like the little it. guy. It's it's the construction guy, and he's like you know pushing stuff. He's like pushing the flower. You know, there's a little. He's not just chucking pollen. Yeah, or whatever. You know, he's 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 working. It's it's because <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to kind of like create a brand that would connect more with like farmers mm-hmm. you know and the people that are really like out there growing these plants and producing the flower that people are then 
consuming and that's that's what's driving this whole it's thing very, it has a know? very pacific northwest feel to it that's what i was shooting for there's a lot of people out here that have been you know working in greens for a long time so yeah, yeah. that john deere type of <laughs> yeah deere. keeping it real you know <laughs> so so you rebranded and ha- have you found it to be all that you dreamed of in terms yeah. of make because i i know from this last migration i'm in the midst of is trying to restart something over is true it's a headache it's been hard um luckily i just moved a lot of my existing work over to the new brand i kept the same names so uh, silver heaven and crush rush for example are still there yeah yeah there's still a few packs of those uh with dc seed exchange um that's cool i still have we're running crush rush again this year i'm excited because i kind of know what to expect but they're always the first ones to pop. Nice. Out of everything I've ran so far, they're just like, Bleh. Do you feel ah, like stepping ah. out of the full spectrum brand has um, allowed you a little bit more free range of like movement in your work? And I do, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me like spread my wings it a little sense. more. And I had to, because when you're branding yourself and when you're running like this Instagram profile with your brand name on it, it's not like your personal name and just whatever you feel like posting that day. You have to post pictures that look a specific way you have to present everything a specific way because the people that are following it are interested in a targeted audience. Yeah. Your target audience. And before the full spec was more like the land race preservation, land race preservation. And this whole idea of like mixing auto flower genetics with, land race heirlooms and new hot cuts that's a lot it's, of tall order it's a lot of the same kind of stuff i'm doing except the idea was coming out of auto flowers being this really separate like subspecies that i don't think they are anymore i think it's just a trait it's you know i think that auto flowering is a it's from how it performs you can cross it with indica and sativa so it's not like a separate uh it's not a separate species like if you make a mule it's sterile right you cross a donkey and a horse you get a mule and it's sterile because they're two separate species but i can cross a sativa with an autoflower and i get a plant that doesn't autoflower in the f1 generation until it's inbred and the recessive autoflower trait comes out so So, sort of a tangent (laughs) no no and i had a couple (laughs) i had a couple questions on that i'm glad you brought it up on a it almost like seems sometimes people think autoflower is just a bad word. Yeah. I mean, do you ever get shit? Yeah. Yeah. People hate <laughs> on the autos a lot. A lot. I bet. I don't see it as much as I used to. I don't see people talking about autoflowers as much as I used they to. They don't. So no, I see like, it a lot from you though. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's, so you do stand out in that way. I still, I still make the autoflowers and I like, I like creating them. And uh, more than anything, what I like doing is finding these, these feminized releases and then hybridizing them with non-feminized genetics and releasing them that way both the demand and the application is increasing right yeah you know people want to breed they want to they want to be in control of their own seed stock and it's not like i'm really like ripping off these brands that are deciding to only sell feminized like autoflowers that nobody like you know the thing is that's like selling someone a clone that is just gonna die like a clone that you can't re-clone you're, you're guaranteeing that once they buy those seeds, unless they have some other pollen source that didn't come from your company, that's it. Yeah, you know, true. And that's okay. And I think in, in another sense, people are selling these feminized seeds because they're easier for the people in small cabinets to just know they're going to grow a female plant. But that's why I kind of don't feel like I'm like, I'm not ripping them off. Someone would have to go through a lot of work to inbreed with the male pollen and then 
actually recreate this whole line of someone else's stuff. Sure, sure. I wanted to ask you this too, with the autoflower outdoors, mm-hmm. when, when should I be popping those seeds? I would get your autos outdoors. Like if you can start them indoors, I would start them and uh, get them get them out like just at the end of first frost. But really? if you're going, yeah, if you're going straight into the ground, just end of first frost, like sometime in April. Um, <clears throat> what you're going to see is is if you can veg them indoors, that's really when most of the difference in yield comes into play. Okay. So if you're if you're able to transplant them carefully, uh, they make these fabric pots now yep. that like decompose if you plant them. They're yep. really thin yep. fabric. So yep. using those, okay. you know, and then if you get you know a one or two foot tall plant into the ground when it's not going to frost over and die, it's just going to beast out and flower. And the cool thing when you get them in in the ground early enough in spring and summer is you're getting that difference in UV light. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but something about it makes all the plants angle. Like, yeah, angle of light. I think angle has a lot to do. Well, because the angle, and then that's changing how much blue, how much red. It all comes down to the angle. Um, you know, I remember uh, light depth growers always talking about that first crop in the spring just being being beautiful. You yeah, know, something yeah. about it. So you get that same effect with autoflowers if you plant them outdoors. I'll so get them out that. early. Yeah, that's that's good because I still have some of those too. Cool. But um, I think I planted them wrong time of year last year. I planted them way earlier than that. <laughs> planted them like mid-February. Oh, uh, so yeah, yeah. I've I've done experiments. So they were already in flower small. by the time. Yeah, they stayed really small, right? Awesome. Um, I got so here for you, team man. Oh, geez, holy before, crap! Before I forget, mine's got not some all workout. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so okay, so we know who you are now. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad to be able to run your guys' seeds or run your seeds and yours both. We'll talk about that in just a second. Sure. I want to see if one of you guys could tell me, uh, because forgive my ignorance, I am not a breeder, and uh, I know there's some serious freaking science behind it. Is there any way you can go over, like, give me five or ten minutes of how the F1, F2, F3, X7, <laughs> J5, yeah. uh, the bingo thing works? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, do you want to do, you want to do it? You want me yeah, to do it? I, I'll, I, I, I think some mind. people, st- there's a lot of people that do not really know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It took me a long time to wrap my brain around to you. I read it for, I want to say five, six, seven years. I would read the same paragraphs in the same places. And it wasn't until I put my hands on actually doing the process where it was like, son of a bitch. I was like, I got it. Okay. <laughs> and I think <clears throat> where I'm watching a lot of people right now, trying to wrap their head around it there's one main step that i think people are forgetting and that's the the p1 so p1 would be i want to say p stands for parental Parental. but there's another there's another one that i forget that people use the p for it's uh but parental is the one that i'm familiar with so p stands for the parental stock um and in order to make a true a true breeding F1, you have to cross two P1s together, and that would be two parental stock plants. Um, and so those P1s would would come from original land races of, of original regional origin or whatever. So your Afghan, your Thai, whatever, um, the the true land race seeds that are produced originally to that region, you'd cross those two together, and then the progeny from those two and in breeding ideally you want to have the most diverse 
P1s as possible to get a really good hybrid F1. Colombian and Pakistani, for example. And so then you'd cross your two P1s together and then you get an F1. And from there, I let Judah take over from there. That's the one step I see that most people are just really missing as you start with a P1. Right. And the idea there being that the P1 is going to have like, like totally different genetic profiles. So when you combine it, you get these two homozygous P1s, meaning that all their traits are Oh, shit. Oh, I can't, I'm not going to do I can't define homozygous off the top of my head, honestly. It means they're true breeding for Good their boy. traits. All their all their traits, they don't have any heterozygous traits. So, like, for example, blue eyes are homozygous traits. Um, and dark eyes that can't make blue eyes would be a homozygous trait. So, two dominant or two recessive traits would be homozygous. Um, and the idea when you're choosing these P1s is that both of those plants are homozygous for, like, most, if not all, of their traits. So when they combine into the F1, you get completely heterozygous plants. And typically those traits are uh, stabilized to the region of origin that they came from. So you might be more humid in one region, more dry in another mm -hmm. region. Yeah. And so like, you know, again, with, with the example of like blue eyes, you would have a homozygous dog with blue eyes and a homozygous dog with brown eyes that's never been around any population of blue eyed dogs. And when you cross the, the two of them, all of the dogs that are in that F1 population are going to have brown eyes. You know, so you cross your, your long-flowering sativa with your short-flowering indica, and you're going to, in theory, get a cross that's going to be completely uniform because of the hybridization. They're all going to be one uh, for one, one short, one long-flower They'll have hybrid vigor for those traits in particular. Mm -hmm. And those traits are all going to balance out, so there's not going to be like a segregation of population, they call it. In other words, they're all, they should all grow really uniform. And that's the F1. That's generation. the F1. So then so if two you, P1s. Yeah, two F1. P1s makes your F1. So then you cross two selected F1s, so you, you know it has to be like brother and sister at this point. You know, So you take your, your let's go again with the Colombian Pakistani, just because I threw it out there. Um, you take your Colombian and Pakistani cross in the F1, and then you cross Colombian Pakistani with Colombian Pakistani F1s into your F2 generation. Now, when this happens, uh, some of the the genes get all mixed up and recombined. We call it we call it recombination, and the recessive genes show up in 25% of the population. They don't show up in 75% of the population. And that's because, like, with the blue-eyed thing, you know, um, if you if you cross the blue-eyed and the brown-eyed dog, then 25% of those would be the same as the brown-eyed P1 parent. They wouldn't they wouldn't you know contain a blue a blue-eyed gene at all. And then 50% of the brown of the dogs are going to be brown-eyed, but they will contain that recessive gene for the blue eyes. 25% of them are going to have the double recessive, so they'll actually have the blue eyes. And there are other traits there involved other than just right. blue eyes, and there might be longer hair or shorter hair, mm -hmm. there might be long toenails, or be who knows what the shit's going yeah. on there. Yeah, and, and there might be stuff that you never saw in either of the P1 parents, like deformities or really awesome traits. the F2s, yeah. So Those recessive traits come out. Is that what you're seeking for when you're as a breeder? Generally, what we're doing is we're breeding the recessive traits. I think it traits. depends on the application. Um, yeah, if you're trying to 
you know, breed a new dog, you're going to need to go through that F2 portal or whatever and, and look for the larger variants and make your selections there. Yeah, Once you start making selections in your F2, that will define the direction of your program, whether you're going to have yeah. blue eyes with long hair and long toenails or brown eyes with short hair and no toenails. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and it's complicated. And, and it's to, awesome. To maybe wrap, not wrap up, but one other thing to throw in there that I think that is confusing people a little bit is that the access to authentic true breeding p1s of original land race region of origin is so hard to come by that what people are using in place of those are f5s and f6s f7 dj shorts blueberry is a perfect example people use that in place of a p1 Um, and i've actually seen a lot of models out there that will that will tell you and indicate that you can use f1s as a p1 and you can or F5s is a P1, and you can get an F1 by crossing two F5s together. Now, with the way that our, our current gene pool might be, that might be the, the case, but that's not a real, you know. Well, because here's the, here, I'll lean into the thing that actually makes people say that. It's a little more complicated than that because there are so many traits in cannabis. And people are sort of simplifying it by saying by the time you're at F5, you know, you've had a chance to stabilize these things. Because so... All right, so you're in that F2 breakdown where there's the, the 25% brown eyes, 50% mix, 25% blue eyes. If what you want to do is you want to stabilize the blue eyes. Now, this is, again, leaving out the long hair and the short tail and all this other stuff that you're working with, you know, and, and all, the, all the traits in a cannabis plant. If you're just looking at those blue eyes, then you find those 25% and cross it with the 25%, and then in F3, you've you've separated that that genetic that you've separated that recessive gene and stabilized it so to speak True. but then all these other recessive genes come up in the f3 and a lot again, of people's again, selection. Again, the word application comes to mind, though, because like a true P1 has a, a much larger application for starting a breeding program than an actual F5 that's just right. refined to blue eyes. And, and exactly, an F5, it's, so, it's so, the refined blue eyes. It's whatever so, five traits that breeder could even select for to F5. And also, I would assume that getting your recessive selections out of an F5 into a, an F1 is going to be a lot harder than if you start with a P1. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. So there's a, there's some distinctions that need to be made, I think, within the the industry or whatever, and you know this type of dialogue for what is a, a true P1, what's an F1. Right, because if you're you know because if you cross like two plants, like I just made a uh, uh, pink triangle, which is a cross between uh, uh, black triangle and pink platinum. Black triangle is like triangle kush and black hash plant. And I think and pink platinum is platinum girl scout cookies and pink rose. So there's a lot of hybridization in there, right? And cross the two, if I was calling them both P1s and then I crossed the two, I should have this uniform population. But it's not. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of You're similar phenos come up. But yeah, genetics. I'm seeing second generation <laughs> genetics. And this is what most people are releasing. They might, you know, call it an F1 on their on their box to denote that that's when they first crossed OG Kush with yes. whatever male from, you know. But the thing is, OG Kush isn't a P1. It's who knows. But if it's an F1, and then this other thing you're picking is an F1, they're not even going to really combine into an F2 because they're not brother and sister. They're going to be something in between. And then if people do that over and over and over since... So People have been pollen choking. One I mean, of the, how do you classify One of the things, things I had been saying was that these filial classifications really only have re- relevance or application. That, that word is just 
awesome right now application. Yeah. They only have relevance and relevance and application to your own programs. Yeah. Anybody who's looking at seed stock, like my packages say F1 and it's like, oh, these are F1s. I have to buy these because they're F1s. Mm -hmm. It's not how it works. It's yeah. How it works. This Cambana Luna, the, the Sour V performs kind of like an F2, really. Um, there's a lot of the, the similar middle pheno, the ones that I've labeled like E, I, J in my hunt. And then there's like this one that pops up that's obviously a recessive blueberry. And then there's like one that pops up that's like kind of more like an OG Kush. Kind of the unexpected things popping out there. But uh, that's, not, that's not like what you'd see in a true F1, like an F1 tomato. You know, you can buy your F1 tomatoes. You can plant a field of those, and they're, they're going to the grow same. with vigor, and they're all the same. Yeah, you're not going to like have but to also, select your plants. He hasn't said a word in like two minutes. <laughs> no, it's not my job. Like... It's not my job to talk. This <laughs> yeah. is good. And the other thing I want to say, then now that that came up, is that uh, the goddamn word application. Like I usually don't use yeah. this. I love being like you know. It applies here. <laughs> it applies <laughs> application. F1s are probably the most used seed stock in all agricultural commodities across the board. Tomatoes, yeah. cucumbers, all of them. Corn, I think mm -hmm. it's like 70 or 80% of like world seed stocks are F1s, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, people that, everyone that's that after like the, the worked gear, you know, I, I, I always say to people, you know, and I'm, I'm obviously not bashing DJ's gear here or anything, but like if you're not... I think the way I phrased it to someone recently is if you're not after the specific traits within an heirloom, like, I don't know why you're growing it. You know, you're not, you're not growing that for your big beefy yields. It's probably not going to be like the big turped out monster might have amazing qualities to each plant. Like uh, DJ's Newberry, I grew that recently and each plant, every single one that I grew has this anti-anxiety effect for me where it calms me down and it chills me out. And I can mix it with anything else in a bowl, and it's just awesome. Nice. Yeah, so if you're like after that. that, you know, if that's what you need, then you don't need it to be the highest THC yeah. percentage or the highest yield or anything like that, right? No. And that's that's why people would grow that heirloom. Or if you're going to maybe breed with it. But so people grow the heirlooms, and they grow them next to their F1s, you know, and their F2s, whatever we're going to classify them as. And they have these problems with it not being as vigorous because it's been inbred, you know. Um that's why it's because they're not growing they're not growing like the the f1 generation hybrid gotcha. bigger stuff so, you know? so is, is that what people go after f1s true f1s i think that that's what people want to grow whether they know it or not yeah that's so, what most like farmers and people producing you know, yeah that was i think unless the way to say there's it, unless they there's know a recessive not. trait that they that isn't available on those f1s like there might be something that's so recessive that no matter what you breed it with it's gone some of these traits, genes, you know, genetics, things are linked to other things. So there might be, I don't know, that anti-anxiety I mentioned in DJ's Newberry. I haven't bred with it. So for all I know, it's linked to a THC percentage of 12%. And anytime you try to bump that into the 20s for your breeding program, you're going to lose that effect. Just as an example, that would, you know. I think F1s have the largest uh, application. Yeah. So as a consumer, if I'm just growing out back and it's going to be, say, six to 12 plants, what, what would I go in and look for? I would first try I mean, to find, like, a breeder with what I would, an accessible breeding program that you can, you know, kind of peer into and maybe get an idea of what they're doing. And then, you know, you want to find someone who's, who's making crosses that are vigorous. Um, they should be, you know, that's, that's one of the things I've really been realizing is a lot of these, 
new crosses that are cookies, this cross cookies, that people are unintentionally inbreeding these things. And, and we're reaching a, a place where stuff's yielding, you know, 300 grams per light. And I might suggest <laughs> if, it's, if it's feasible at all to seriously ask your neighbors. That's a great idea. What they're growing, what they've been growing. Oh, I see. What grew well. I mean, a lot of people have been growing here for most people, a lot of people. No, it's yeah. true. I, yeah, even on my block, it's... In fact, I end up being the one that gives out advice. <laughs> now that actually leads to a really good uh, thing to look for when when picking something, you know, when picking your seed packs. Find a breeder that uh, grows the way that you grow. So, for example, like um, I don't like I select my stuff in sort of low intensity light. I, I'll have like a three hundred fifteen watt ceramic metal halide. It's got a super lumen boost, but that'll cover it most like, a you know, maybe a four foot by four. Um, so it's not, you know, some people would have a thousand watt in there and they'd be crank, cranking their, their PPMs. I'm growing organically, you know. So um, someone might take my seed stock and for, I mean, I'm just saying if I haven't had that particular stuff tested under a thousand watt, which I'll tell people how I test stuff, it might not perform for them under their under their high intensity lighting and it might it might perform better than it did for me you know but the the most solid way to do it is if you're an organic grower look for organic seeds if you're growing like you know synth and rock outdoor and, indoor you know, like yeah, yeah they're, outdoor, indoor, they, exactly. they're different breeding programs based on different testing regimens yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's super important like uh, that's how we select we're selecting in our environment so you know Bodhi does a lot of his selection work outdoors mm-hmm. as far as i know it seems like so how hard is the seed game, guys? It's tough. It's as hard as any. It's as hard as any game, any, I think. Any, any yeah. game, yeah. I mean, you know, it's this interesting thing where, <clears throat> you know, there's a product, and it seems like what we're doing is we're out there like hustling seed packs, right? What we're doing is we're really it, looking at it as artists, like musical artists or some other kind of artist or something is pretty helpful for me because. You know, when you're buying like a, an album or you're downloading, you know, your the new Tool album is coming out. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to like steal that because I want Tool to like have money and make another album and stuff in 13 years or whenever the hell they get a lot around to it for that example. But, you know, you're, if you don't support your artist, they won't be able to keep doing what they're doing. No, no. And I think that that's really what people who are breeding passionately and marketing their seeds, they fall. We fall under that category more. You know, we're not, we're generally not hustlers. And I, I mean, I'm not a hustler. I won't speak for all breeders. I'm not a hustler. JD here's no, not a hustler. No, but your guys' picture you put up is good enough. We're yeah. trying, you know, I'm like sharing the art. Some of the passion. passion. Put up, I would say that there is a certain type of a hustle that's, that's going on here. And I'll speak to this any chance that I get. Uh, probably just because of the background that I came from of, you know, being part of the less fortunate crew, which is that, um, as, as far as how hard the seed game is to get into or not to get into um there's still what there's 20 states that aren't legalized um and there's still places as far as i know that are like zero tolerance there's still states that are zero tolerance so uh for a lot of people out there just seeing a fucking picture of blueberry like that's i know right yeah <laughs> they don't smoke weed. They, can't, no. they can't get weed so yeah um in that sense the game is wide open and I would add to that that um, that like that, I figured it out when I tried to make my own hash uh, that 
the secret ingredient to good hash was actually elbow grease. It took me forever to figure that out. Elbow I, grease. It's, it's work. It's you put in the hours, you know, each one of those pictures that I put up or it takes me, I wrote that post, it takes me probably an average of 10 to 12 hours per post uh, between growing the plant, vegging the plant, taking the pictures, this, that. So you're putting in the hours and people in Tennessee who desperately want a bowl, they can see that. Yeah, they can see that true. passion. They can see that. And that's what they want. They want that bud. So they're like, click, they click like, they click follow, they click I guess buy. The, the yeah. stain. And part. so in that sense, it, it can be, I think it's kind of easy to, to get into this game right now for anybody who has that elbow grease mentality. The put the put in the hours, put in the passion, the dedication. You'll you'll get where you're going. The market's wide open. I think I think there's a little more to it than that. I think there's I think you know, I think people have a problem with making an honest buck. I think that one of the things that gets, for example, an Instagram profile to the place that where second generation genetics is, is they can trust second generation genetics, and mm-hmm. you know they've they've built that trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's transparency and honesty there. The hours that yeah. people put in the hours for that. Well, and yeah. you're not lying to people. You know, you're not bullshitting them to get them to go and buy your seeds. And maybe they'll have a good run, and maybe they won't. You know, and it's untested, but you said it's tested, and it yields nothing, but you right. said it yields everything. And there's a lot of that. And you know, and it's not that people aren't bad people, but sometimes people need to get by and do whatever they got to do to get yeah. the money and i think that a lot of people fall into seed making because they see how valuable a seed can sell for it can that sell is, for ten dollars you know i think that is holding a lot of people up is they're just not putting in like i said putting in the hours to test the progeny to yeah. test you know that the, the elbow grease is there that the product is good i guess that's the hardest part really is making yourself like really stick with it and not just you know, as soon as those seeds are made, people are going to start offering to buy them just and, immediately. But again, there's some there's a catch to that too, which is you know, and I'll mention the word gentrification, um, which is if you move to certain areas of California or Oregon, like here in Lane County, Cottage right. Grove, Eugene, you can get any you can get all these cuts in the dispensary. So right. you don't even really have to have that selection. You know, it's true. You just go buy the cuts and throw them together, um, but you still got to put in the hours to grow them and test the progeny and get the pictures and then prove to people that the progeny performs like you say it does and build the yeah. trust and all that stuff. And it's really get, easy to get blackballed. <laughs> oh, I bet. Basically. I just get tired of, uh, on, <clears throat> on Instagram, you'll see someone who just, just the arrogance sometimes, you know, that they're the best and all you guys that comment or haters and it's hard not to get caught up in that that's yeah, branding people are, no no i know that i just mean like there's some that just go overboard um, you know and i haven't seen you guys do that it's I validation mean, Every, everyone everyone needs that validation i think some people just like take a little too much of it when they can <laughs> and they're just a little too firm with enforcing <laughs> what they got it's when they get it not to get caught up in that even myself i catch myself all the time you have this platform and this voice for the first time yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you yeah i've got some shit to, to say right. it's a festivus you know that yeah. i've got a problem with you people yeah. <laughs> i don't see the arrogance come out in you it's not like you're out there saying you know i got the best damn 
seeds on the planet. That sells seeds. My that cannabis. Sells seeds. If I say that, my, I would be doing better does sell if, seeds. I, if I it, did that. It's one know? of the few things. Can't my... be humble, huh? You got to yeah, just get out there. It's hard you know, not to. It. And I don't want to lie and get screw some... up someone's garden because I haven't tested something. You know, you like... just got to get fancy packaging. You know, with like <laughs> that helps. Saint crystals <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? And like fancy tape and yeah. official something and yeah. some sort I of think stamp. That's what it's or... The thing is, people aren't buying these in stores. So most of the time, by the time they get the packaging, they've already paid and waited for delivery, and you know. No, I know. I'm just joking. It's just some <laughs> of the even some of the packaging I think is obnoxious. It's I over see the top sometimes. Like, yeah, there's some nice I, ones too. It's nice. Oh, I'm not yeah, hating on anybody, but you know, it's definitely. <laughs> I, I, I would rather pass the savings on. Just being honest, like I, I think that if if my stuff was gonna if I was gonna be charging a high enough ticket for my stuff, like. You know, for for DJ's new releases, they came in these baseball card packages, and I think that that's pretty appropriate. But my stuff's at like a sixty dollars retail tag, you know, and I like keeping it there. I'm not trying to that's a good up spot. it to seventy because I got all new of packaging. us can afford it. <laughs> I'm not gonna charge more for my seeds because you know I, I wouldn't know. even dare buy something like some of these packs are like three hundred bucks. I mean, come on, it's a gamble no matter what you buy and grow. <sighs> I don't know about that. And then there's the <laughs> Some of them have actual value too. Yeah. Like we were talking about access to, you know, true P ones and even true F ones. Like so and or F fives. I keep confusing those two. And F five should be, in my opinion, the work that it takes to actually produce an F five should should be reflected in the in the price. I mean yeah. you're talking about four more crosses after the F one that it takes me to make, cool. so that's Four, four or five times the amount of work more than that because getting from your getting through your f2 and f3 selections is the hard part i mean that's where everything's all over the place and you have to find the right combinations then, or else it just never comes and then together. you have an actual product that has something of actual merit that can be ripped off as well yeah so you have to protect against well. that as well whereas like my f1s like it, you can rip those off but you can make those pretty easily um yeah. the f5s if i was to make like take my plumberry kush to, to an f5 <clears throat> that would take me a lot of work and then i have something that can actually be taken so in order for me to release that publicly i need to be protected against you know mm-hmm. against that so yeah. yeah your first your first release basically has to kind of cover your work because the, after that you might get shut out by somebody you know which is you know, it just happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you guys have been around since 2015, haven't you? Since I've been around since yeah. 2016, actually, or 16? 2006. Sorry. Okay. Like my know. first release was Whitaker Blues in 2006. Yeah, I definitely haven't been doing it as long as he has. <laughs> been like around from 2012, 2013 is when I first started popping up under different pseudonyms with, uh, with projects. Yeah, I launched Second Generation. I want to say in 2016. Yeah. It seems like you're still finding success with that blueberry, playing around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like it's getting its genes spread far and wide. I mean, he, this guy is he's loving it. Yeah, <laughs> that F four. Yeah, so he came out and covering the planet in 1998, and he has he's covered the planet. Um, yeah, and but and so his predecessor had as well, which is the one before that, the mm-hmm. pre 98. I just can't believe some of the colors you're putting out. I mean, yeah, phenomenal colors, gorgeous colors. Yeah. I mean, unique. To say, of, to say the least. A lot of that, I think, is the eleven thirteen, and then the um, nectar uh, uh, bone bone meal, fish yeah. bone meal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I I do use. Do you still use the SLF? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
veg and flower almost every watering. Yeah, it's one of the few things for summer, and I don't know why. I have never noticed the difference. It just it just feels right. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. It's got the right aura. Yeah. You can tell. You get shit dialed in. You're like, okay, I'm not changing anything. It's just keep it exactly how it is. So, and you're you're uh, organic, right? It's sort of complicated, but yeah, I've I've got a few different spaces. I mean, quote unquote. One, a couple of them are mostly organic. Um, I, well, yeah, they're organic. Organic uh, dry amendments, and, and I've, I'm using like two nectar bottles right now. I'm trying to wean off the bottles, but I still use um, their. Uh, I think it's Medusa's Magic or yeah. Gaia Mania. One of one of their baselines, just for um, like a feed supplement, along with uh, like fish hydrolysate that I'm really using a lot of, and kelp. Um, and then I like their Triton's Trawl Fishbone. Uh, besides that. Mostly dry amendments, a lot of kelp, 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 kelp makes the world go round. In the dry, garden. dry kelp. I've been using dry kelp and making it into like a paste. I found online the thing you can water in for and to get it's more like applicable right away or uptake, uptakeable. Lost my words. There. Do you use microorganisms like any kind of biology in it? Yeah, uh, compost teas, okay. and uh, uh, I'm got some bukashi sitting in some water right now. I'm not aerating it because that's an anaerobic. Uh, essential microorganism from what I read so I'm just letting it sit there in the water mammoth mammoth pee I didn't use this run I used that last run and I think I got bigger buds than I would have otherwise because of it I got a really good yield this run I'm trying out that phospholode which is like uh it's a the same kind of thing but it's a competitor um it's a like a, you, you water it in once every two weeks versus like once a week or every watering or something with the mammoth um, yeah, but I'm trying to get to where I can just feed my soil, the kelp and the fish, you know, and then maybe top dress with like some gypsum for calcium, magnesium, Epsom salts. Yeah. I've been, I've been keeping it, you know, all like old school like that. Cause I don't, you know, I don't like getting stuff on my hands that I have to worry about washing out. So I don't make myself sick. No, you for know, sure. So. For sure. And what kind of pots do you use? Do you just use fabric pots? I'm in plastic pots. Nice. Uh, yeah, actually, after talking to JD a lot about it, I stopped using fabric and went okay. back into plastic. So I'm in number seven plastic pots, number fives, and number threes sure. for flowering, depending sure. on which room. And nice. I'm just having a lot I like less the plastic problems. pots. You can reuse them. Yeah. Yeah. They say you can reuse the fabric pots, too. You gotta wash them. The thing that got me was... Um, JD pointed out that the roots are just sticking out the side. So if you have any concerns with anything, you know, attacking your roots or vectoring anything to your plant through the roots, they're just like hanging well, out the, there. And, and the whole side of the, the the whole thing breathes. So it's, it doesn't, I feel like yeah. it just doesn't protect the roots from uh, outside pathogens the way yeah. that a plastic. And I think full saturation also is harder, you know, like I don't have, I, 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 I'm, I have a large garden right now, so I don't, and I'm hand watering. I don't have like the time to really slowly water everything. I have to let it come out of the watering can kind of fast. So those fabric pots would be just spilling out the sides all the time. I kind of rely <laughs> on the plastic to catch it. And Nailed it with the last one. <laughs> oh, what's this? Um, oh strawberry milk times plink platinum. Platinum funk. F plant F. Uh, Platinum Funk Plant F. Looks so delicious. <laughs> Smells good too, yeah. Yeah, it does. That pink platinum really passed the structure. Ah, and it's like, so like... Everything looks like that. Hard. So hard. Like, you can tell when those trichomes are 
working because that smells diggity dude I, I went all out drying and curing this batch i like devoted my flower room to it and i kept the dehumidifier going and the heater and the ventilation and so both you guys are indoor I'm looking to do some so do you ever, this year, but yeah. Do you ever? I mean, how do you talk with people um, as far as you know, like not being able to do it outdoor? It's just like whatever you get. Or I mean, if I try, if I find people who are looking for outdoors, I'll try to find out an outdoor grower to test it. But generally, what I've noticed with things is you're going to have less issues outdoor than you do indoors. <laughs> I can smell that from over here, dude. Is that is that stretch? Yeah. Yeah. That's offensive. A lot lot of the time, if you have a plant that's that's giving you issues indoors, it's uh, it's a matter of a stressor that might not be there outdoors. You're gonna, you know, root your your root balls kind of constrained, right, constricted, or you overwatered in a way that's less likely to happen outdoors. Uh, The angle of the light isn't changing as much outdoors as it does indoors, and I think a lot of the time when you're seeing stuff advertised as outdoor only versus indoor only, they might say it has to do with stem strength and this other kind of stuff. It has, I think usually in my guess would be more to do with like, you know, hermaphroditic issues indoors that aren't there if you grow it outdoors. Oh, I'd prefer to be doing much more testing and growing outdoors. That's all I need to. I just test and for a personal, you know? Yeah. How do you, you just get lucky running across all those colors? No, hell no. It's like no, it's skill. <laughs> it's it's skill. Are you a, kidding it's, me? It's riding DJ shorts coattails. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, the skill in the selection. So DJ concentrated a lot of that in that F four boy. Uh, uh. That's a big part of the reason why I keep using that boy and the uh, resin that he passes down, and then the mothers that I pair it to. Um, I've definitely gotten a, a feel for how he works at this point, so I can tell usually tell if the mom is going to make purple progeny or not. There's not many other seed stocks where that that kind of color and resin and flowering time is that stable. I mean, if you pick up most packs of DJ stuff, you're going to find resinous, colorful plants that are done in for, eight weeks, nine weeks. For me, it's just it's, it's how pot has always looked. <laughs> and it's so weird to think. It's, it's not... It's not... <laughs> I, I, for, I don't know. It's just what pot looks like to me. I see people post these pictures of their red stems and I'm... And they're so amazing. And, I, and they're beautiful plants. And I'm just like, I don't... I don't know. It's what I pot looks like, I thought. The novelty's lost on you. I think it's getting lost on a lot of people. Like uh, yeah. Buckeye Purple and stuff. And <laughs> right. I'll give Mass Medicals at the shout out. You know? His uh, star pupil and... Yeah. Shit, Sonny. Well, some of us started out in the early 90s on that Mexican brick weed. Yeah, so. I miss that Mexican Dude, weed. It's it because giggly. the pesticides would get you higher. Yeah, I think that was. You remember when you get that the whole, like, oh, I'm going to pass out, <laughs> get the little the stars blinking. Yeah, I just like, like that's it. all pesticides. That uncontrollable, like, giggles laughter from the Mexi brick. Was that just because I was... 13 should I, I even say I was smoking when I was 13 no we got some it's good Mexicans right? some really good Mexicans yeah that green Mexican oh yeah most of it was horrid oh yeah usually awful once in a while I can't imagine what Parkinson's inducing chemicals <laughs> I took in during that time yeah oh god early 90s brickweed for you guys though like you probably you were always around just really good cannabis I imagine yeah although you probably didn't know like you said just all the weeds supposed to look this damn good yeah 
I, I do selections a lot and I'll get these certain smells will come up and I'll I'll be like, oh yeah, that's when I was 13 or that's when I was Got 16. Got some nostalgia going. Yeah. That's cool. That is neat. My wife thinks she's become some kind of connoisseur because she's got this dispensary thing going and she gets to see all this yeah. and that and all the news. And I bet. I've, I've. You bring anything not good around her and she <laughs> <laughs> I considered getting a job at a, as a bud tender just for the, a- the access. Yeah. A lot of connections. Yep. Yeah. If you're the buyer, especially. Right. Well, you, you have to be the buyer. You see, you you attend it. You're gonna be. You just tell the buyer. Be like, where did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> I need to meet this person, please. So I see you guys out there on a couple different. Um, what do they call them? D- distributors. No, oh, yeah. Is that where a lot of seats go to? It's distributors. Is that how that platform works? Yeah, that's third, usually how third it works. Party or, brokers. Yeah, people pick them up. Know, a lot of people are cracking into this the, the medical scene and the recreation scene in Oregon. As far as how? The seeds. Okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly so, yeah. online distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oregon Elite Seeds. Uh, Neptune. I've C- seen them on there. DCC Exchange. Yeah, Neptune, DC. Is it easier than doing like retail locations if you can stay away from it? Um, well, so like uh, the seeds are in this this gray area right now, and um, I haven't boxed myself in by producing them under any system that would keep them in that system. You know, so I haven't produced them under OMMP because using my OMMP plants to grow them would create this contradiction. However, there's this thing where you know you're allowed legal plants in Oregon. And now the, this this farm bill passed, and I think a lot of people are kind of riding like them falling under the definition of hemp right now. So, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more seeds in like smoke shops and stuff. That's sort of my like. I'm kind of interested in that to let my cat out of the bag. I want I want to get my seeds. Well, people into, like, keep saying that I just. That's can't where the see CBD it. buds are. You know, people are getting getting CBD buds at Chevron really? on the way home in Austin. Yeah, and they have like CBD dispensaries and stuff too. But like, it's like where the K2 spice was. Because it comes it's, in at under it's the one percent. Yeah, it's not weed. So really, there's nothing keeping our seeds from being on the shelf and you know at shell stations in Vegas and stuff. It's totally legal. You know. So you guys going to produce any sort of hemp seed for these farms that are going to be... Because it seems like the demand is just... Yeah. I'm kind of working on that right People now, keep actually. keep all the time. I'm, I'm crossing an ACDC to a high uh, CBD strain, uh, fast flowering high CBD strain that I have. And I'm crossing a couple other high CBD strains to so it. So by hemp, you mean under stock. 1% THC? Under 0.3, I think. Is that what it is? 0.3. Okay. But that's it, delta 9. So people are skirting around that with some people are like trying to breathe like 20% THCA. Yeah. I got you. You know, um, so a lot of the stuff on the shelf is more like total THC content, like one, 2%, you know, uh, but it has to be under 0.3 TH, Delta nine THC, which again, they, they just wrote that in there specifically. I really like Delta eight. Uh, like that's pretty obscure. Um, but it's another psychoactive THC. So are you isolating this yourself? <clears throat> no, no, no. I found I found <laughs> like some, I found some some concentrate at a at a club in Eugene. <clears throat> excuse me, and they and I was looking at it and it had like fifty percent delta eight THC and like thirty percent delta nine. And I've so I looked into it. it, it's more relaxing, it doesn't have the same kind of like psychosis paranoia end of things. 
I think it's more potent, like, by weight. Um, it's, it's out there in strains, you know what I mean? And apparently, uh, growing your plants less crowded makes them produce more Delta eight versus Delta nine. So everyone growing sea of green is like, they're like torpedoing their Delta eight THC production. If it was there potentially in their genetics. Yeah. So spacing those plants out. That's really something I've been working out in my own grows now, because even though I'm not testing everything and breeding for that, I like that Delta eight. It's relaxing and calming. So mm, interesting. So yeah. does it does it turn into Delta nine then when you burn it? No, or it just, no, I don't it think so. I think is. it just goes straight to affecting your CB receptors the same way to, you know Delta nine does. Um, but yeah. So the whole the whole hemp thing, I mean, I think that what's going to happen because of all this is there's just not going to be any option except full on legalization. Because what like what are they doing? Really? There's just they're down to only being able to limit how much Delta nine THC is in these pot flowers. Like they're, well, they're hemp guys, flowers. <laughs> have you seen that story? It's been <laughs> out for like two, three weeks where the guys got <clears throat> in trouble from some state. I can't remember what state it was, but they got in trouble for some staters or I, something because Idaho, they said it was all weed. Idaho State Police. There's also one in Oklahoma. Hemp. Yep. It, it looks, looks a lot the same. They, they got it off. They said it was hemp. They said it. They the, had the paperwork, yeah. but the cops looked at it and identified it. Did they test it? No, because they don't have a field no, test to like test it like that. About. This it's is what, yeah, they're going to have to. and stuff. That they're gonna have to. A guy just like so, an individual got arrested for having like a half smoked joint of some of the CBD flour from like the store, and he showed it to the cop in the jar. And the cop said he looked at the jar and it said it's not marijuana. He flipped it over and saw marijuana in there and arrested course, the guy. Of course, yeah. yes. that's a lot. Those are lawsuits. Yeah, I mean yeah. that you can't do that. There's it's specifically written um, that no like I forget how it's worded. They they mentioned like like. Uh, like native tribes or law enforcement, like state law enforcement, nobody can impede the transport of hemp under the farm bill. So, I mean, this is all just a shit show right now. Oh, for sure. And Wild again, West. And it's all mm-hmm. over that, that 0.3% Delta nine. Mm-hmm. Like you can still have something that gets you totally ripped on, on Delta eight THC and you got your THCA. <laughs> I don't see them being able to hold on to that and for too long. Once yeah. they set a limit, they have to be able to test for that limit. They have yeah. to be able to. Yeah. And it's all, you know, and the whole contradiction with the FDA trying to claim that CBD isn't legal for human consumption because they made a, a pill with it. You know, it's all falling apart. Well, it's not a medicine until you turn into a chemical pill. <laughs> yeah. And then once you turn it into a chemical pill, it's a medicine and other people can't sell it because they didn't pay in for the patent or whatever yeah (laughs) someone paid to develop the cbd hey lawrence ringo's family so do you guys do that with your strains do you assume that at some point they're not going to be yours Uh, anything that i release is something i'm prepared to you know only have like the kind of brand control that you would have over like saying i have this idea and this is my product you know Uh, i kind of i would like it if people couldn't take my names out from under me but I've accepted that I, there's big powers in this and anything I have could be taken by someone with billions of dollars. Yeah. Do you guys ever want to have that one strain that makes you infamous? Infamous? Well, you know, like freaking like Sherbinsky. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, where you can't <laughs> yeah. go anywhere because sure. yeah. the strain you made is so fucking You know, that's like that the goal aspire? of releasing yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'd love it if somebody 
popped my seeds and found this amazing plant and started circulating it on Instagram or some forum and you know I'd gave love me it too. credit. Yeah, I'd great. love it too. This this actual awesome. episode would just blow up. Yeah, somebody <laughs> do that. Say you got the idea here. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, that that this culture can really be tapped into in that sort of a way. I mean, if you look at some of the brands that are already out there that have established themselves some of those brands technically should be already be on late night TV shows and they're not right. and they're not for a reason I mean none of these these major none of these major brands have ever been mentioned even mentioned in like any talk shows any news articles I mean right. there's people right. out there who you know have like a couple million followers on Instagram who are growing weed yeah. and those people are not mentioned in anywhere in mainstream culture and there's a reason for it I think there's also uh, legality there and I think there's some copyright things that people, everybody's trying to work out. Um, as far as the strains being taken from us, um, the there's I, I think we should differentiate between the genetics and the the brand names, yeah. the names of the strains. Um, the genetics don't belong to me, um, but the names do, and I see. and yeah, those a, can't be taken from me. Uh, second ah. second generation, we own the domain name for second generation genetics. Okay. Um, and then, as far as I know, copyright laws, if I'm not mistaken, just uh, publishing yeah. these plants with this uh, brand name Clown Royal begins that uh, copyright it, process. It's protected by copyright once your uh, intellectual property has been fixed into a tangible medium. Boom. So, yeah, as soon as you, t I mean, you don't even have to go as far as posting a picture of it. You can just say Farmer's Fire is going to be cherry pie and blueberry. And I think that's where a lot of people are kind of trying to skirt that line of just brand grabbing at everything without and those i don't want taken from me um and i'll i'll, I'll tell you the reason why um is because i have a very you know fond attachment to those brand names as the work as the representative of the work that i've done like it's like an artist with their paintings like these names mean something to me like i've i spent hours thinking of these names and growing the yeah. plants and nice so yeah, um, I'm I'm particular about that. I'm. You What's know, your method to the madness on picking names? I have a book. I've got a journal with probably over 500 names, and every time I think of one, the name goes in the journal. And so is it? Is it do you relate to like characteristics of the plant, or do you? Some people mix the the crosses, the names of the crosses. Yeah. So I'll, I will try and relate to the characteristics of the plant. So if it comes down to crunch time and I can't find a name in my book that might represent something I'm looking to, I'll start brainstorming and I'll just start writing stuff down and eventually something will form out of that. Uh, that's how Oregon Cutthroat, I think, came up. It was just like that. Every time I looked at that damn plant, I thought of an actual cutthroat fish. Actually, I thought it was such a fitting name. Yeah, well, just, I was like, oh, nailed, nailed. For some reason, people liked that one, you know, that name. But for, I made a mistake on this this release, actually, as far as that is concerned, which is that what it reminded me of was um, brook trout, mm -hmm. which we used to call Dolly Vartons when we were a kid. And somebody contacted me via email after I released this. They were like, hearts are con conservationists. And they're like, look, we just really want to let you know, like, the actually the brook trout isn't native to Oregon. It's actually an invasive species that's <laughs> killing the cutthroat. So I was like, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, okay, well, I'll steer away from that. But the name had already been picked for Oregon cutthroat, so... Well, that's that's a beautiful plant. I've noticed that one from since I saw the first picture of it. 
what a great thing. People like that one. I had problems um, in my R&D with that where I had two plants that threw out hermaphrodism flowers, not bananas. It was what I would actually classify as they didn't throw out pollen. And they weren't stressed enough, but they were true hermaphrodites. And so I didn't release it under the usual banner. I did a small special release and then the demand for it has been through the roof and I've never had anybody report a problem of hermaphrodism. So oh, good. To be to be clear about what, what JD means there, hermaphrod not nanners. So like <laughs> not those li- not just the little yellow flowers that sometimes yeah. come out of like a normal mm-hmm. a normal female it's flower. Confused and doesn't know whether it's gonna be male or female. Like it throws out you know the 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 full male bract that forms the pollen flowers inside of it and everything right next to the the pistils and the, and the two that i had i felt like if they had been stressed enough they could have pollinated a crop they were gorgeous fucking plants they always are yeah right? Macrodes Macrodes always are i and i like how you got the whole like black background going and he needs it clean I know, no. I mean, it looks great. I don't know why more people don't do that. No, I'm just saying, like, you've got the, you've got everything. It's everything's. Well, thank you. Classy. I, yeah. I, I really enjoy taking the. I'm trying just to get the right lighting. You know, he's got all the background and the shading. I, nice. I get a kick out of that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, in this whole process, it was just probably the end of last year, towards the end of last year, I realized that how important the photography and all this yeah. is to me. It's. I think it might actually mean a little bit more than the whole nice. cannabis thing to me. Yeah, I kind of just accidentally stumbled into something I just really love doing. That's cool because that just goes hand in hand, yeah. really. Yeah. And uh, you've got good photographical, oh, photographical, photographable, <laughs> photographable items. I like photographical, <laughs> Pho- photographical <laughs> skills. Uh, I get that from my wife. <laughs> but yeah, these look nice. So it looks like you have some. Plumberry, which I saw, that was really a beautiful plant too, as well. Yep, they were purple. And the roseberry, yep, yep. And I don't think I don't think I've seen these two. Clown oil was the gorilla glue and blueberry, and then the farmer's fire was a cherry pie. Oh, okay. And how have these done so far? Really well. Yeah, I'd say the farmer's fire is probably my hottest selling, and then so is the Oregon cutthroat. People love that. Yeah. So do they all come out with that kind of color? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, the yeah. Actually, that's the picture of the cherry pie or the farmer's oh, okay. fire, oh, nice. and that's the picture of the clown well oil, and that's a picture of the roseberry, and that's a picture of plumberry, and you know. Like you were checking to make sure you actually did have pictures. Of yeah, them because the remember the originally the oh, five yeah. and ten packs were just random pictures right. until somebody sent me an email with a picture of the Oregon cutthroat. And they were like, "What are these seeds?" And I was like, "Well, they're not Oregon cutthroat, oh, so yeah. I should probably change that." Oh man, well that is awesome. Those are some really good good cuts. I've not cuts, but seeds. Um, I've always really really liked your your uh, genetics, and from the first time we talked to both you guys, I met you guys with Joe. At the uh, was that the one in Medford? Yeah, yeah. Was it THC fair? I was thinking about yeah. About having a booth of that this year too. Did they already happen? Didn't it already happen? In Redmond, it's in like three weeks or something. Uh, Two weeks or something. I'm all last minute always. Do those help you guys out? Yeah, I think they're good. They're good for yeah exposure representation. Yeah, I'm glad I could get you some of these too. No, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm gonna. I hope Uh, you don't mind me. Four hundred and fifty bucks. Four (laughs) hundred (laughs) fifty. Honey, car. <laughs> oh my god, probably worth more than that though. That's, I mean, that's saying that you're charging as much as they're worth. It depends on your point of reference, you know. Again, if you're in one of these places where the most amazing 
bud you've seen is like a un mangled Line like not rotted brickweed piece you know like then yeah that's worth more than it's worth more than 200 bucks right there you know you got five packs of seeds i mean basically someone could take those and if they did just a little bit of selection they'd have better weed than they've ever had in their life yeah. forever right you know right. So. so that's that one what else you got I might have this the platinum funk and the <clears throat> in utero. No, these are ones you're bringing. In utero. Yeah, so these the are in my utero was my favorite out of this so far. I just got this from it, so I haven't got to look through these, but that I, jumped out at me, that in utero. Yeah, here's an in utero, if you want to look at it. This is, so I've got this kind of side brand that I called Seed the People. <clears throat> and what I did is I, uh, I, I released stuff there that I don't have the time to test. Or in the case of the sorority girl stuff, this had this had too many herm issues for me to want to release it under Greenwork. But the plants are fucking gorgeous. They I just wanted to take are. a second to point on that. Uh, yeah, which one's that? This, again? this is sorority girl sorority right here. Girl. Those concentrated and that's people. Those that's, resins and those colors—they sidle right up with that yeah, hermaphrodite gene. You know, so um, that's just a little. You know, I, I just want people to understand that a lot of what you're paying for with whatever seeds you're buying you're paying for the amount of work that people are putting into it or that's what you should be paying for you're paying for that and you're paying for access to the genetics so uh that sorority girl that's that's just as good of a plant to smoke on as a lot of the other ones that are tested and passed yeah i want to say it's that one yeah this you know that was good shit so there's there's dank seeds and less expensive packs out there like jeremy's stuff right here jd's stuff you know, you'll find it retailing for what 80 90 100 bucks a pack in seed banks um it's it's uh, it's better than a lot of more expensive packs i don't, i try not to like rank things that way but like fact like it's more tested yeah. it's more stable you're gonna have like better plants coming out at a higher rate than a lot of stuff that people are charging upwards of 200 yeah that's what i was gonna say i want to say the market for where my stuff would fall in uh, for competitive range would be around what a lot of other people are charging around 170 to 200 a pack i think this seed the people stuff you know it's it's retailing at 40 because i want people to have access to good genetics and the way i can afford to do that is by untesting it but there's people selling untested stuff that comes from less intensely selected plants and they're selling it for more money hmm. you know and it really just comes down to not shooting in the dark don't don't like look on paper at what somebody wrote down the parents are and think that that tells you anything about what's coming out of the seeds because i could i could find a really terrible oregon cutthroat plant and i could i could breed it with some stuff and give you really terrible seeds or i could find a really amazing one and i could change the weed game by breeding with that yeah and you're not going to know unless you've been following along and paying attention and, you know. True. So shooting blind with your money. Never. How accurate do you think some of these genetics are? The the names that are put on them? Well, and I mean some of the lineage that it supposedly is. I think that that there's that graphic that's out there that has, like, like breeder talk for stuff. I think that's pretty accurate. You know, like highly highly selected means like pulled from a ten pack, you know that kind of stuff. Like, 
I just wonder, even people with the land races and stuff, I'm just wondering how accurate... I Recreational mean, fuck that yeah, whole scene up. Yeah, that's all bullshit. I don't think a lot of people are intentionally lying. I think a lot of people are very misled, and I think a lot of people don't have the point of reference to know what they're breeding with to begin with. I'm not going to point any fingers right now, but there's definitely people breeding with land races or so-called land races and things like haze. And um, they, I, I know they, from hearing interviews with them and stuff, that they don't have the point of reference to even know if they're selecting from anything genuine. You know, like I'm, I'm 34, so I should not be trying to pass off any authentic haze stock. <laughs> chocolate <right>? tie. <laughs> yeah, chocolate tie. Like, really, I mean, you know, I should, like, I have what I can refer to, which is, like, stuff from, like, the, the 90s forward, you know? Yeah. And if, if I'm... And you have to pay attention to that. So, you know, when like that's that's where I think it gets a little maybe someone's breeding with Colombian gold, you know, but if I'm breeding with Colombian gold, that just means that somebody gave it to me and said it was Colombian gold and I believed them. And now that's what I think Colombian gold is. But if I show that to DJ, DJ Short, he might laugh at me most most likely he would not see that and think, oh, this I, is Colombian gold. I advise anybody and everybody a candidate any chance i get to n never chase names don't chase names yeah. yeah the nose nose chase your nose yeah follow your nose you can corner stuff with the name but don't you know select based on a name it's always going to be your nose and your palate at the end of the day lineage on paper disappoints me often and it surprises me often too i'll, I'll, I'll open up some seeds that i don't think are going to be exciting based on the, the names that we're with parental or stock and vice versa. I've, I've yeah. seen I've seen so many really good people waste a lot of time and a lot of resource trying to chase down some name that they're never gonna find. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a wild goose chase. What do you think yeah. about these brands going in and out? Do you guys ever have that with seeds, where you know it'll just for lack of better example, uh, like a Girl Scout cookie. Oh, in terms you know, of everybody's like, gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it. Then boom. Oh, well, we have that. We're not really like. I, mean, I don't think either of our companies are really in that established sort enough. Of, yeah, not established <laughs> enough. Does mostly, it happen though? Yeah. You think it happens with seeds? I think it happens more with like hype cuts and people that are making seeds with those hype cuts. Yeah, I think yeah. right now it's happening with like Landrace heirloom. You know, anything that has a region in the name is one of the parents. People are, people think there's something special about these Landrace genetics. They're unique and unwatered down. And, I don't think know. that brand names hit and then and go away as, as often as what happens is a brand name hits and then the breeders will lose the parents and not be able to recreate it. I think that's way more often. Again, at the end of the day in the market, it, you can put throw as much hype into this as you want. The, the nose is going to sell the seeds. That's what people are going to end up buying them on. It's not hype. People will buy 30, 40, 45, 49% of the seeds based on hype. 51% is always going to come on what they've smoked. Well, and with all these brands too, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a market and it's a pretty wild market, like wild west kind of wild, you know? So, um, if somebody thinks that they'd make more money by saying fuck blue dream a lot, they're probably going to say fuck blue dream a lot. And a lot of other people are going to start, should I not say that F blue dream? You know what I mean? Um, they're going to start saying F blue dream, F blue dream. People are going to stop growing F blue dream because F blue dream.